right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck, and I'm alongside Jordan Bianchi, my co-worker here at The Athletic. This is our right now off-season podcast. Usually this is our post-race podcast, but no racing right now to talk to you about. So we've been doing a series of off-season podcasts, and this is our latest episode. Going to catch you up on stuff that's been going on and uh, what might be happening Jordan, uh, how are you doing? You're you're uh, in the post holidays thing now, so no reason to be uh, unhappy or sad about anything, right? No, I'm good. I'm very excited. Uh, we've got a lot of cool things that have happened at the athletic over the last couple of weeks. We've got a lot of cool things that are upcoming on the athletic. So if you're listening to this and not a subscriber, please subscribe because I think you're going to find some really great stories on the motorsports side of things. Um, over the next two three weeks that you're really going to enjoy. Well, giving him the sell right off the bat, Jordan. Hard sell, baby. Hard sell. Wow, wow. Okay. Well, you must be pumped up about some of the content. So actually, let's let's shift gears a little bit because I was going to start off by talking about the, the pit stop rule in Xfinity and trucks for a handful of races. But since you're talking about the athletic content, let's talk about the, the person who's actually been working on the ground, and that's you. Uh, you went to the roar before the 24, and you shadowed Kyle Busch, not an easy task, for the entire, what, three days you were down there? Yeah, entire three days I was down there. And my big takeaway from this, and you can read my story on The Athletic, and it gets into it a little bit, but really what a student of the sport he is and his passion for wanting to know every little bit of feedback that he can get related to his performance and how he can be better and what he needs to do to maximize the performance of a race car. And I say this is, immediately gets out of the race car and obviously in sports cars there's more data available than most other forms of racing and he gets out and he's just consuming information whether it's talking to people and asking them what what he should have done and them telling him you need to do this xyz or him sitting down in front of a computer and just pouring over data to me that was really the big thing that stands out we, we talk about luck about kyle and how great of a driver he is there's no denying that but to me it's what goes into making him a great driver. And, and that was really what jumped out to me. It's just the commitment he has and the, the, the 100% dedication to wanting to improve. And that's just something that doesn't always come across if, you, if you're not around him. And that was, to me, it was the, the big takeaway. It's interesting you say that because I, I remember probably, I don't know, five, six years ago maybe now, I had asked him about his preparation for a race weekend. And he was still kind of on the fence. And he would be like, ah, oh, you know, sometimes I – I really study hard. You know, sometimes I don't, I just go in and wing it and I've had success both ways. So I don't really know what the right way is, but you know, you, you could see in recent years now, he, he talks so much about the data, um, even in now in the SMT data era and in NASCAR itself, not just sports cars, but, um, you know, he, he's, he's such, you know, he's so into that and looking at everybody else's and looking at his and, um, evaluating it. And I think all the drivers for the most part are doing that, but the fact that he is, um, you know, so adept at studying that and understanding what it means and then being able to take that and process it into his brain and go out and use it immediately for how to improve himself. Um, obviously, that's one of those hidden keys to success that we don't, you know, it's not necessarily obvious to those of us watching because it's something that gets done behind the scenes, but you know what's going on. It is, and I think you make a really good point in you saying him being able to just be able to process it is one thing, but then being able to go on the racetrack and apply it is something else and I think that is the big thing because you could see it and he would go on the racetrack and he would he would focus on improving in that particular area 
And then he would come back and, and analyze again and say, okay, how did I do? What can I do differently? And it was just this continual process of wanting to get better. And he understood it wasn't going to happen. It, it wasn't going to make huge leaps and bounds in terms of performance. It was going to be this gradual thing he did. And that's what it was. It was an incremental improvement. And by the end of the weekend at the Roar, he was running fat, you know, lap times that were as comparable as anybody in his class just about. And for a, a driver that is going to be relied on to help carry that team to hopefully what they think is a potential victory, um, he, he's, he is certainly willing to carry his fair share of the way. It's very interesting to watch. So what else did you see from Kyle that weekend? Like, was he, you know, the typical NASCAR type Kyle as far as his, his attitude or, you know, his, his gruffness, I guess, at times? Uh, did you see him relax a little bit more than you you normally would? I, I know I think you got to go to a media dinner where he was he was at. I mean, did you see a different side of him at all now that he was away from sort of that NASCAR world? In the media dinner, he was he was very good, gracious, uh, very friendly, very outgoing. Um, shared a lot of information. He was it was a side of him that other people at the table who who are more familiar with Kyle over the years than I am have said they haven't seen in a long time or very rarely see. So that was interesting, and then, you know, uh, you know, in the pits and everything was where my big takeaways was he was somebody who really has his going out of his way to try to ingratiate himself with the team. Um, he he was joking with other drivers. He's having a good time with them. He came up with nicknames for a couple of them. Jack Hawksworth, who's kind of their lead driver for the number fourteen uh, Vassar Sullivan team, is kind of been Kyle's driver's coach. And Kyle has quickly become fast friends with him. You know, he's joking around with him, laughing. And they just have this rapport, this chemistry that is it's just almost very natural. And that, to me, was the big thing, too, is how quickly they, they were able to just talk about racing. They may be drivers from two different, completely backgrounds, but they were able to you know, understand each other because they've got this similar dialogue. And they're using their hands to communicate. And they're using terminology that they both can relate to. Um, you know, Kyle very much looks at ease with what he's doing. He, he's very focused. There, there's times before he gets in the race car and by times he gets out of the race car, you can tell he's, uh, I don't say, pa- you know, he's obviously passionate, but he's very focused. You can see that determination on his face. You know, when he first gets out of the race car, uh, Kyle and Jack had this conversation and it was intense. I mean, they weren't angry or anything, but Kyle was just going over everything. He's still kind of in the moment. And then about five minutes later, he comes back and they, they resume the conversation and it's kind of different. It's more relaxed. It's more laughing and joking. So this is someone who is is very much enjoying what he's doing and is but is also understands that I have to be focused on this and I've got to bring a commitment to this. I'm not otherwise I'm going to embarrass myself. All right. So there's a lot more of that in Jordan's article. Uh pretty in-depth article there that he wrote coming off the roar. So uh, I know you'll be at the Rolex as well, Jordan, so we'll look forward to that that coverage for those interested in the sports car world and, of course, of how Kyle Busch does in that world. So we'll look forward to reading more about that. Um, something else, though, back to NASCAR uh, that came out this week was the Xfinity and Truck Series um, rules just for, just for seven races total between the two series. So it's not a huge change, and it's only for a handful of races. But uh, no live pit stops. Um, will be at, at a few of those races. Um, and the way they're going to do it was really interesting. Because, you know, we had heard, oh, they're, they're probably going to do away with this. And, you know, they we had thought it was going to be more of a money savings uh, priority. And maybe maybe that's what's really behind it. But they really, uh, you know, even the teams that, that were on the conference call with NASCAR 
really sort of hammered at home as this is a strategy thing. Um, they said that, so what's, what's, let's just back up for a second. So what's going to happen is they're going to freeze the field when the caution comes out. So you cannot gain or lose a spot during your actual pit stop. However, you can only take two tires on the pit stop, but you can come in a second time and take your other two tires if you want. But if you want to stay out with those two tires, you'll be automatically obviously in front of the people um, who took four. So it's going to be um, shaking the field up, a constant back and forth with strategy, depending on what kind of tire wears at that track. And they said uh, that the current pit stops, I think at least in trucks, only change hands uh, an average of one position um, on the track. So, you know, this if this really helps shake up strategy, shake up the field, not be a follow the leader race, I'm, I'm in favor of it. I'm excited to see how it works. And, of course, it'll save teams money by not having to bring in pit crews. So, Jordan, what's your impression of all this? What did you think of this announcement? I agree with what you wrote on The Athletic. You know, it, this makes sense. It's a way to improve competition. It's kind of a way to uh, increase parity a little bit. You know, to those smaller teams that, that can't afford pit crews and, you know, they're losing positions, you know, stop after stop on pit road. This is an opportunity for them to, to show that they're actually having good race, you know, runs and maybe get their finishes that coincide with that. I, I just have a couple concerns. One... I think it's a little confusing for fans. If you're tuning into a race, there's going to be there. There's a good. There's a chance that you're going to see two different sets of rules for, depending on what you know race you're watching. And over the course of a season, I don't know how I feel about having the championship decided using various you know pit formats, especially in the truck series where I believe two of the races that this this format's going to be utilized is going to be in the playoffs. I, I just don't agree with that. I would have rather have seen NASCAR say, this is something we're going to use in the truck series this year. This is something that goes back to the truck series, you know, roots. This is how we used to do it. Um, and we're going to try this over the course of a season and see if this works. Instead of trying to do this, you know, kind of dip our toe in the water with the trucks and the Xfinity, I'd start in trucks, see if it works. If it works, great. Then you can move it up the Xfinity and then you can go from there. I just don't like this partial, eh, a little bit here, a little bit there. Secondly, NASCAR last year, Kind of went through a um, a change in how it, it, it in how it officiates races, and that change included quite a few races last year where there was a lot of uh, issues lining up teams. So now you're going to a pit for a, a rules pit rules pit road rules format that is going to rely on NASCAR to figure out the format where everybody's on different strategies. That's a big ask for uh, officials that struggled last year and a lot of times. I, I just that that concerns me. Do we need more laps under caution that are going to figure this out? If you can tell me and, and guarantee me that, that that what we the issues we saw last year aren't going to happen this year, then okay, I'm okay with that. But there's no none of those guarantees, and I think the issues we saw last year very well could maintain this year because NASCAR struggled with lining up race cars last year on a regular basis and numerous times across its three series, and that's just something that can't happen. But yet this format is going to put the onus on them and that that's a big big ask yeah i don't know about that like i feel like in some ways couldn't this make it easier because they're just going to go back to the running order from where the caution was when it already came out except that if somebody makes a second pit stop they'll be behind the people who pitted so you know if somebody is running one two three four five on the track and four of those guys take just the two tires um, you know, you, you start them one, two, three, four, you put the other guy, you know, behind where those guys were. I don't know. I mean, you're going to have it pretty laid out and you can line up the first part of it 
after they come off pit road and just put the the second pit stop guys behind them. I mean, I, I know it's more complicated than that, but I don't know. I'm not too worried about that in some ways. I know that you don't want to burn laps in a, in a truck race, especially because those are, are really short. Um, but the other thing too is like, you know, a lot of people are saying it's confusing and, and it's too gimmicky to do it in just some races, but, and it is confusing at first, but I think that people will get it quickly, first of all. And second of all, you know, who's really watching like just a one-off truck race or a one-off Xfinity race here and there are going to be like, I don't get this. This is so confusing. Like, you know, if it was cup, I could see people would tune in and be like, I don't, what's going on here. This is really weird and new. But, you know, it's it's seven out of 56 lower series races next year. We'll, we'll have this. So it's not really that big of a, you know, in the long run, I don't know. I And I think it's a worthy experiment. Why not try it? See if it works. I'm I'm really all for it. Like, I, I really don't see a downside. And the fact, too, that it's going to save teams money, um, you know, the it's this sport now has gotten way too reliant on pickers. You're, you're paying these guys so f- much freaking money to be specialists. Um, and it's not even on the track. I mean, this is not even, we're, let's, let's get the focus back on the drivers, uh, what they're doing on the track, maybe some strategy elements. I don't, I don't need the races to be decided on pit road personally. Uh, it's not, that's, would you have want, would you have wanted to see this instead of them kind of going, you know, dipping their toe in the water? Would you rather have just seen them say, Hey, this is how it's going to be in the Xfinity series and truck series for next year. And we're not going to do, you know, seven races. We're going to do all in. No, because here's why. I think, first of all, this way you could try it as as an experiment, see if it works, see if it does make those races better. But second of all, you still, I mean, these these series really are development series, or at least they've turned into that. Maybe they didn't intend to be that way when they started out, but they're development series. And if you get a rookie come up through the ranks and then you suddenly show up in cup and you've never done a live pit stop before uh you know that's going to be a real tall order that's going to be a tough adjustment so i think you've got to get you've got to get used to that a little bit at least you know maybe maybe they could have done it in more races than they are but i don't know i just think yeah i i don't know i'm I'm not totally sold maybe they could have done it but I, i i wouldn't want to see him do it just go all in right away I have one more question for you. And we were on the same call, and this was asked, you know, is this something that you could see happening in the Cup Series one day? My question to you is, is this something you want to see in the Cup Series one day? Cup Series, no, I don't think so. Not at the top level. Not right now, anyway. I think I think I could see it saying, if this is a success, go ahead and do that for all of Xfinity and Trucks, because then you really do save the teams a ton of money on bringing in the pit crew guys or even hiring them when they're at the track for cup, but cup series at the top level, uh, you know, I think you could, you could change pit stops a little bit where the fuel can takes longer, um, the, you know, to go in so that the priority on changing tires so fast, you know, it's, it doesn't really matter as much because everybody's waiting on fuel or something like that. So you, you sort of delay the fuel cans more. Mm-hmm. That could be something you know, to, to make pit stops different, or as, as we've talked about, maybe they go to the single lug nut, um, or the single nut center locking, whatever you call it. I'm not very technical, obviously screwed that up, but, uh, you know, anyway, um, there's other options to do this, the, the changes in cup to the pit stops if you wanted to do that, but I just don't, you know, stopping, you know, no live pit stops at all. Eh, that's not really the top form of motorsports, but in the development series, again, I think I could see it 
I'm more comfortable with it there. No, yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. There's obviously going to be wrinkles that come out of this that I don't think anybody thought of. And it's going to be interesting to see how NASCAR reacts to that. It's going to be interesting to see what teams devise because I think there's going to be – it does open up the strategy element of a little bit. If you've got a really creative crew chief, there's an opportunity here to really – you know, to shine. And I think that's one element that I think is sometimes missing in NASCAR a little bit sometimes – you know is the strategy element. And now, at least in the Xfinity and Truck Series, that box seems to be opening up a little bit more. And, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, well, let's see what it does. Let's see what kind of impact it has. Um, speaking of the Xfinity Series, because this person's going to be running full-time in the Xfinity Series this year, Ross Chastain, there was an announcement, um, actually the day we're recording this right now, today, he's going to be in two cup races next year. Not just two cup races for like, some back marker team, although it is Spire Motorsports, no offense, Spire. But uh, the the car that he's going to be driving for Spire in is going to be prepared by Chip Ganassi. So he's going to be driving a Ganassi car with a sponsorship that Ganassi got, that Advent Health sponsorship that they also are sponsoring, sponsoring Larson for two races. Um, he's going to be in the Daytona 500 where he finished 10th last year and the Coke 600 as well. So it seems like uh, Ganassi is definitely still trying to do some stuff with Chastain. Um, I don't know if he's like directly under contract with them still from his Xfinity days or what happened with that. You know, if he's just sort of generally associated with them. I don't, I don't know the details of his contract, but it seems like they're still trying to sort of keep him in the fold, right? Yeah, it's certainly trying to keep him in the fold. And Chip Ganassi has been very high on Ross, spoke very highly of him said they wanted to keep him in the fold as this was ongoing, even last year amid the, the Xfinity team closing at the last minute. And I think this, you're looking ahead a little bit, and we've talked a lot about Kyle Larson and what Kyle Larson's going to do. You know, if Kyle Larson does, in fact, leave Chip Ganassi Racing, you would have to presume that if Ross Chastain has a really good season in the Xfinity uh, Series, which we both think he's going to do, he's going to win some races and be a championship contender, that he would be a, a, a maybe the number one candidate to replace Larson in that 42 team because he has familiarity with this team. Chip is high on him. He's somebody that could come in there and, and do a good job. So it's something to look ahead, and, it, and it, that speaks volumes that Chip Ganassi Racing is still trying to put together deals for Ross because they think highly of him. So just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, here's my thing, though. How do we know Ross isn't going to be scooped up by another team, right? I mean... You, yeah, you would think, though, at this point that his contract, you know, he'll be a free agent, I would think. So he's probably going to have a great season in, in the Xfinity Series, contend for a title, You would, again, you would think. Um, and, you know, who's to say that the 48 doesn't come along and scoop him up? So I, I don't know. I mean, the future seems to be wide open for Chastain. His ceiling seems very high. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. So on another note, um, I know a tweet from our friend Chris Knight caught your attention this week that you wanted to discuss and bring up on the podcast. What what, what did he say that, that caught your attention? So it was related to the roar, and he said that NASCAR you know, should look at doing something similar, which is basically this preseason event that where teams are testing and fans are there to observe. And I will say this, being at the roar, there was a really good crowd. Um, teams were just kind of taking it in. Um, local Boy Scout troops were there. Um, you know, observing. So you're bringing out young fans. The garages are open. You can see race cars on the track. It was just kind of this laid back, chill atmosphere. Great fan event. So Chris had a tweet 
said that NASCAR needs to look at doing something similar. You know, NASCAR a few years ago had the preseason thunder test at Daytona. That, you know, that cost teams a lot of money because, one, you got to travel down to Daytona. Two, there tended to be a lot of wrecks in those those practice sessions, tore up a lot of race cars. So thinking about Chris's tweet, and I think he's right, I think NASCAR should look at doing something like this. I would like to see them do something at Charlotte Motor Speedway. You bring in the Xfinity Series, you bring in the Cup Series, you bring in the Truck Series. One day you're running on the Oval. The next day you're running on on the road course. You can do some fan, uh, different fan events. You can do some autograph signings. You could maybe do some sponsorship announcements. Uh, paint scheme unveils for the coming year. You can make this a, a weekend a thing. Uh, get people excited about NASCAR instead of just rolling into Daytona in February and saying, hey, our season's starting. Let's go. I think, you know, doing it a few weeks out, it, I think that's a great way to kind of get people excited. And it kind of brings back the, the days of the preseason media tour where, where teams had all these announcements and everything. And that's kind of gone by the wayside. But get people out to the racetrack. Get them excited. They can see the new schemes. They can see the different driver combinations and team combinations. And it's just a way to get cars on the racetrack and people kind of jonesing for NASCAR again after an offseason. And I think especially as NASCAR is going towards a shorter season, and that's, which means the offseason is going to be longer, it's a, it's a good way to kind of have NASCAR's version of spring training. Well, man, I hate to cold, pour cold water all over this, Jordan. Especially you're because going to. you're so earnest and, <laughs> and enthusiastic about it. I feel like... It, the roles are reversed where like it's it's like you wanted you you talking about Christmas or something or little children or something <laughs> like this is how I feel about about this idea I just I, I'm not look look this has been tried and I just think that it's just not successful first of all if you go back to the Daytona thing the preseason thunder thing I, I was at those the, the last few years of the preseason thunder I mean it was like I don't know how they got such a good crowd for the roar or what they did, if it was free stuff or whatever, but what they had for the preseason thunder, um, and that was cup guys, cup stars, even the, the, yeah, the, the last few crowds there were not very impressive at all. Like, but I will say this, how exciting is it though? Cause a lot of those tests at Daytona were single car runs. Now they ran in packs a little bit and that's, that's when the trouble happened. But how exciting is it to go to Daytona though and see guys run single car tests? That's not exciting. Or you know, that's not very exciting. But if you put them on Charlotte, you put them on the road course, that's a different deal. Yeah, but you had back at those preseason thunder stuff, you had like Q&A sessions with like Tony Stewart, Dale Jr., Jeff Gordon, and even then, you didn't get huge crowds for it. So I just that 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 part of it I just don't think. But okay, like let's say even you did it at Charlotte when they have events at Charlotte, like they they did this fan fest stuff, free fan fest or whatever, uh, what a couple years ago, three years ago now, maybe four, I don't know. Um, they they didn't even get really good crowds for that. They had, the drivers grumbled about it, even though it was part of the media tour, so they were kind of there anyway that weekend. You know, they, they just they in Charlotte, Charlotte is not very enthusiastic about its racing. I mean. The crowds haven't been that good for the most part. The city, as it's evolving, even though all the teams are there, you don't have like that many race fans who are going to make an effort to come out because they they kind of know they can they can go see these guys anytime. You know, they can go to the fan fest at the shop during six hundred week or you know during Roval week. They could see these guys at appearances. So you you don't get this big group of people that come out. You're not going to have a ton of people traveling to Charlotte in January, and you know it's just more money for the teams who are all bitching about saving money right now we don't want to have to do this the drivers don't really want to do anything oh we don't want to have to do this give us our off season blah 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 so i just think that you're not going to get the enthusiasm you're not going to get the sport it's not like when 
um, Winston had, you know, their Winston preview back in Winston Salem up in the day or whatever, or whatever they did where it was all, you know, well attended. And I just don't think the interest is there. And so you're, you're trying to force something that, you know, it just, I don't know. I, maybe in another era there, of NASCAR, but I just don't think now it would, it would work. Is there any track that you would see that you could see this working at? Or are you just across the board? You just don't think this is a good idea? No, because I mean, you look at, they tried to sort of make preseason thunder an extension of it in Vegas, uh, in Fontana in recent years where they'd say, okay, we're all going to test out here. You know, um, not even, not even like the open test last year, but like they, they, for a while they tried to make preseason thunder both in Daytona and, and on the West coast somewhere. You're just, there's not a, you know, I think people are just sort of like, like waiting for Daytona. Daytona is enough of a, of welcome. I mean, look, uh, let, let me go even further with this. Even the clash, which is like the kickoff of the race season, doesn't get a good crowd. It gets a terrible crowd usually. And that's like, Hey, come, come check this out. Come see the drivers for the first time. You'd think everybody'd be enthusiastic for the most part everybody waits till uh, speed weeks. And, you know, as far as like the actual Daytona 500 week, um, it starts that Thursday to them, you know, with the duels. And, and I think that's, it's fine to start then. I don't know. I don't think you need to go any, any further, really. That's, that's, and I, I understand that I'm kind of being a jerk here with this, you know, cynical, no, I'm being I mean, cynical, you, you, but that's that's you make you make a good point i mean the clash doesn't isn't well attended and there there's there that if you're looking to refigure the schedule i would probably figure out a way to move that race off of that sunday and maybe you know combine it with the duels or do something differently because you're right i mean it could it doesn't get a lot of attention i'm just trying to think of a way in an off season of just getting people excited again and i understand that this this town charlotte has changed it is no longer a nascar town it is a Carolina Panthers town. It is a Hornets town. People are excited about stick and ball sports more than they are NASCAR, which was not the case 20, 30 years ago. I just think that there's a way to get people, you know, find a way to get people out of the racetrack, get them excited. Like I said, the one thing I really took away from the roar among the many things I should say is they, they brought in a bunch of, you know, local boy scout troops and getting kids out to the racetrack and, and introducing them to motorsports. Because that's how you get these, you know, you get young fans. You get them out to the racetrack once. I, I do believe that you you can hook them. And if you can figure out a way to do that, I, I think it would help NASCAR reach a demographic that's struggling to reach right now. And I just think that doing what you, you've been doing for the last few years is maybe not working the way it should. And I think, I think going to a different route and trying a different avenue and saying, you know what, this is what we need to try because this... You know, we, we need to we need to we need to get younger. We need to get young kids out to the racetrack. We need to get them in love with this sport, and I just think that's the way to do it. I think that if you really want the youth part of it, and that's the concern, take these drivers in the preseason and send them into area schools. Uh, show up in their driver uniform. You know, send one out to Phoenix. He visits a school, big assembly, big pep rally. You know, here comes. Alex Bowman out in his fire suit. He's a race car driver. Hey kids, here I am. You know that let's watch the races. The races are coming up. Here's some free tickets for your whole school. I don't know. I just, I, I just don't know if you're, you, I think you might have to go to the people rather than having the people come to you now. Um, in this, in this era of NASCAR, I just, and I, I've, I'm just, I'm, 
I'm probably just cynical because I've seen so many iterations of this and, and this tried and this talked about this kind of concept. I mean, not your concept concept specifically, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm just an old bitter man now, Jordan. <laughs> I wouldn't call you old. Well, my hairline says, says you're wrong. Anyway, uh, you look great. <laughs> Jordan, uh, what else, what else is coming up here? I'm, I'm about to go on a uh, vacation, weird time vacation. So good for you. You deserve it. You work hard. No, not really. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to miss the whole chili bowl here. So I'm really sad about that. Um, blaming my, now I, I probably shouldn't blame my in-laws, but we were always taking no, a, a vacation with Sarah's side of the family. So I couldn't just be like, all right, well, uh, yeah, forget, forget your whole side of the family. I'm going to going to now go to the chili bowl. You should. I should. That's what you should do. Oh, you should. Yeah. You got work priority or everything. And really this is another good reason not to get married kids. Don't get married because your in-laws are going to ruin everything. So I should I should give up a, a lifetime memory with my daughter of going on a vacation for a week or whatever. And, um, and, so and her, you couldn't take the cruise the week after Chili Bowl? Look, I, no. My my uh, my my father-in-law said this is when this is when everybody's going. This is when everybody can go. So Listen, I'm not trying to dive into your relationship or anything, but it sounds like your father-in-law is not being considerate to your work priorities. So... You know, maybe you need to have a sit down with him and say, hey, listen, there's some things going on for work I need to be at. I'm willing to do this, but we're going to have to wait a week, bud. It's their anniversary cruise. Oh, it's it's no big deal. Wait a week. No one's going to care. Uh, bottom line is, uh, <laughs> this is why I could not married. miss this. And so, um, you know, here here I go. So anyway, we'll, we'll have the Chili Bowl to talk about uh, when I return on the next podcast. We'll also have a story that Jordan's working on talk about that we can't tell you yet tease tease uh or can we we can't tell them yet right I don't know you know nah, a, don't I, tell it's official that it's oh is it? yeah we'll okay. wait it, it is right. official I am doing it so all right yeah. well, well I don't we'll want I don't want to jinx it I don't want to jinx it it's a pretty cool opportunity Jordan has one that I am quite jealous of Jordan and that I would probably fight you for except that I won't oh, even be here you. so <laughs> I'm just saying skip your vacation come with me <laughs> oh boy boy Anyway, uh, so that will be on the next episode. Uh, that will be the week after this one coming up. So, Jordan, uh, I hope that you have a great week coming up in, in success in your secret story that we've now teased about. Any any other final thoughts? No. Bring me back something nice from your vacation. All right. I'll bring you back uh, a coconut. How about that? Oh, awesome. Okay. Everybody, thank you, as always, so much for listening to us. Please subscribe to The Athletic so we can stay employed and bring you more of these podcasts both uh, for free and on The Athletic platform. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time on The Tear Down.